We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping. To the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe you're afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. It's no holds barred radio, folks. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, TV, film, UFC. You talk about it. You think about it. Well, we're going to converse about it. I'm here with my co-host. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Host TJ DeSantis. We do not have a special guest this week because there's a lot of great news stories and a lot of things I want to get TJ's opinion about. And first off, how are you, TJ? Y'all good? I'm good. good. Easter. Yeah, it's no. Easter. Easter was great. Um, it's warm here in Southern California. Uh, I don't know. Life, life's great. It's great because also too. Let me add, this is our 400th podcast. Now that's once a week podcast for basically almost 11 years. That's a, it's awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, honestly, it's probably our 401st podcast. Remember that one time we had Michael Bisping on and the whole show got scrapped because yeah, hard yeah. Drive? I mean. Sorry about that, Bob. I, I still feel bad about that. I feel bad to Michael Bisping because he gave us like an hour that day. And uh, I don't know, I guess I, these things happen. Things happen. I feel bad. But remembering that show, that show was epic. And so it's one of those things, oh, we'll never capture that again. But it's all good. It's well, all good. I, I, I mean, I didn't go as far to say it was the greatest podcast ever recorded. But that would just be my thoughts. And you can't prove me wrong because it doesn't exist. But uh, exactly. let's go with that. Greatest podcast ever recorded or not and, recorded, maybe. And nowhere to be heard. So right. there we go. Perfect. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary, whatever the hell you call it. Uh, hey. 400, 401. I mean, you and I have talked a lot more than 400 times uh, in our partnership together. But uh, the fact that I've been on the air with you for 400 plus hours or so, 
pretty great, Buff. It's an accomplishment. It sits at the top of my resume, and uh, hopefully we get 400 more. Yeah, it's, as the word says, it's awesome. Yes. So really, really good. Um, okay, back from Russia. On the way to Fort Lauderdale, Florida tomorrow, then I'm heading out to Las Vegas after the uh, UFC fight night, the Jacare versus Hermanson fight night. I'm looking forward to in Fort Lauderdale. It's a hell of a card. Uh, starting off with a fight right off the bat, Court McGee and Diego Lima oh. on the ESPN2 prelim, the very first fight of the night. If that's not a sign of what the rest of the night's going to be. And then you go into Angela Hill and Jody Escobar, but then you got Jim Miller and Jason Gonzalez. Those are your three ESPN2 prelim to the prelim fights. Yeah, no, this is a fantastic card, and, and no offense to any of the other offerings uh, as of late from the Open Fighting Championship, but this card, to me, has potential to be, you know, card of the month, card of maybe even the first quarter. I know the expectations aren't super high. It's not, you know, a numbered pay-per-view event. There's no title on the line, but uh, that doesn't mean the stakes aren't high in the main event. Jacare Souza and uh, Jack Hermanson, I'm very excited about that. And then uh, you, you already mentioned some luminaries in the prelims. Uh, I'm very excited about a strawweight match between uh, former Invicta champions, uh, one a former UFC champion as well, and Carlos Barza meeting the Brazilian newcomer, the undefeated Verna Janjiroba. Uh, she's a former Invicta champion uh, and is a killer. That's going to be a really, really fun and competitive fight. Yeah, it's going to be a fun and competitive fight. Uh, one thing on her name, okay, because she, according to her sound file that I read, because I have not had the pleasure, uh, to my recollection, of announcing mm -hmm. her yet, but her name is Vina. She wants it Vina, no. Takara, no. Janji Roba. I recorded the sound file and sent it to the UFC. It is Virna. Virna. So she wants Virna. Virna Janji Roba. Okay. I think I, I even that. have it over here. I can play it for you in a moment. Yeah, if you want to, but I, I'm, it's a very easy. I just added, you know, I do everything frenetically, and I just added an R to the beginning of V. It's the, this how you want to know how I do it. People always ask me how I do it here for her name. It's going to read on the card V E E R dash N A, and then everything else phonetically with her last name J O N dash G E E dash R O dash B A. Even though I don't read my cards before I go out there, I look at it, and that's John G Roba, Virna, Kakara, John G Roba, Virna Hey, thank you. There you, there you go. Wait, play that one more time. Play that one more time. No problem. I don't have a Kakara in it, but there you go. Vina Janjiroba. Okay, Janjiroba. I'm hearing Vina. You're saying Virna. Uh, let's listen to it again. Vina Janjiroba. I hear Vina. Stop, stop. Let's be quiet. One sec. Vina Janjiroba. Vina Janjiroba. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Vina. Uh, you it's know, Vina. I, I seem to be putting the R in there because I can, you know, see it while I'm also, yeah. yeah you're probably yeah. right, honestly. I, I have to say, I am right. <laughs> well, you know, when you're right, you're right, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, there's one way to find out. I'm going to say it on Saturday night, and if the tweets, tweets come through that I said it wrong from Brazil, then that'll set me straight, but it's all good. I'm looking forward to that fight. Carl is always a pleasure oh, yeah. to watch fight. Always a pleasure. Truly a pioneer and as well, and I know some fighters don't like to be called that, but, I mean, this is the first Invicta strawweight champion, the first UFC strawweight champion, and I don't think she's done yet. I don't know how it's going to shake out on Saturday night, but... Uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, I think Carlos Sparza still has uh, a good amount of fights left in her, and, um, you know, this one's going to be very competitive. There's no question. I mean, when she faced Joanna and Jaychuk, you know, after capturing the Ultimate Fighter uh, uh, Series championship or, you know, being the winner of the series, right. 
She's a warrior. You know, she went up against a striker and she she had a bad fight that night and she came back, reestablished her game. And I think she's stronger than ever. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it right after that fight is Andre Orlovsky and Augusto Sakai. Yeah. Uh, that, and Ben Saunders, who's looking as good as ever every time he steps in against Takashi Sato. Is it Sato or Sato? I believe it is Sato, but um, don't, I think it don't is quote too. me on that. No, uh, I'll clarify. I'll clarify that because I've not introduced him before. Maybe I have. I just have to re-clarify. No, no. This is his UFC debut. Um, Looking at uh, Andre Orlovsky, uh, UFC 28 was his first UFC. 28. Not 128. Not 228. Not UFC Fight Night 28. UFC 28, Buff. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, listen, I've been here since UFC 6. Right. Now you're talking about a man who's been in the heavyweight division since UFC 28. Hello. Yeah, yeah and still hits with the heaviest of hitters. Heaviest of hitters and one of the most handsome noses in mixed martial arts. No question. Oh, that man and, has been through some wars. And what, what a beard on the man when he, when he decides to wear it. One of the nicest, gentle giants you'll ever meet. Oh, and Andre's he, he loves dogs, guy. too. He's just a, a humanitarian when it comes to animals. Good for him. Good for him. He's got even more votes on my end now. Good for him. Okay, then you got John Lineker and Corey Sanhagen. That is going to be good. And go over to Shara, who keeps keeps battling away like Andre and actually has looked really fantastic in his last couple of fights coming in against Eon uh, Kudalaba. So we'll see. Mike Perry and Cowboy Oliveira. Okay, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, make Hello. sure you have all of your uh, necessities pre-fight before that one comes up. If you need a soda, you need a drink, you need to run to the bathroom, make sure you get all that taken care of. Yeah, uh, don't before blink. Platinum Perry um, hits hits the cage there against the, the Brazilian Cowboy. I can't wait for it. I can't wait either. And then, you know, Greg Hardy, who did a um, an excellent showing through the Ultimate Fighter series, came in, a little controversy in the last fight. The man's got skills yet to be refined even further than already refined. He's got, you know, he's there, there's growth to be had there, but he's showing he's got the ability to compete in the heavyweight division. So going up against Dmitry Samolikov, and we'll see exactly how that works out. So this is a hell of a card. Jacare Sosa, Jack Hermanson on the way down. Looking forward to it. See you all from the Octagon in Fort Lauderdale. That's on Sunday. And then on Saturday, uh, excuse me, Saturday, and then on Sunday. You normally scared I would, me. You scared me yeah. a little bit, Buff. I'm like, what am I doing? I, I thought it was me. on Saturday. Scared me too, bro. Don't right. worry. That's all right. Maybe you're still in Russian time. Who knows? No, it's all good. Um, I'm going to be then flying to Vegas to host a special event uh, the UFC is having. I don't want to talk too much about it. I don't know if they publicize it yet, but it's to benefit children from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and I'm very much looking forward to uh Again, busting my butt to get there, but I'm getting there for a good cause, and um, I hope I can hold my emotions. I hope I can hold my emotions during this whole thing, uh, and it's you know I'm very happy to be part of it. So then I'll be home, and then next week is Ottawa, and next week after that is Rio de Janeiro, and then I think I get to stay in my neighborhood for a couple weeks, and I'm looking forward to that too. But I am going to be doing a big arm wrestling event in Vegas on the 25th. You've been training uh, for should... it, or what have you been doing to get your arm? Oh, oh you're going to announce it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I, I, I've had, call them pythons, call them whatever, but I've had 18 and a half inch biceps since I was a teenager, right? Mm. And, I, and I've had very strong arms. But I'm going to tell you right now, I suck at arm wrestling. <laughs> you know, there's a okay. technique to it. It's not yes. just being super strong. It's, uh, it, there's a lot about endurance to be said. Well, it's, it's uh, my friend Robert Drank, who um, is the previous owner who sold the event that I'm doing on the 25th. It's called the, the Ultimate Arm Wrestling League. Um, He's a he's a great arm wrestler himself. It's all technique. The smallest guys in the world can beat the biggest guys in the world, just like in MMA. You know, you have technique, you can win. I, I'm, it's amazing. I did. I will tell you one thing though, 
and I think I mentioned on the show, the last event I did in arm wrestling, two women were going at it, and I watched one break her arm in half. And the and the arm when you break that bone that you break, I forget the name of it in the arm. It is a really bad break, man. That snap was like out of a martial arts movie, you know, where Steven Seagal snaps the guy's arm over his shoulder, which we all know is not happening. But it, you know, it, 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 that's what it's like, and it and the arm can be broken, pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, gross. I don't want to be anywhere near that when it happens. Yeah, well, it, it was it was rough. <laughs> I'll tell you. I bet. I've seen a lot of things in my life from Anderson Silva's ankle flying 360 degrees. You name it. Right. Anytime a bone gets broke, it's it's definitely rough. To yeah, be it's it's time to vomit at that point. It's time. Five bucks, please, TJ. License fee. No worries. Take it out of my cut. (laughs) You got it. You got it. All right. Let's talk a little sports beyond the sport that we all love, which is mixed martial arts. Um, Oh, by the way, I had a great time in Russia. I have to talk about that. Uh, The plane trip over and back, leaving Wednesday night, getting back Sunday. That can definitely play play on your uh, uh, well-being, let's say. (laughs) Make you a little tired or whatever. But St. Petersburg, absolutely breathtakingly beautiful city. We had fantastic weather. Uh, the fights were excellent all the way through good, solid night. I hear we're going to potentially, unless it's been announced, I hear Sochi might be in our future for the next Russian UFC happening and, uh, always a pleasure to be there. Thank you to everybody that watched. Thank you for the Russians that listened to our show. And there are some definitely because they told me when I was over there, much a pleasure to be there and looking forward to performing for you again, as I'm sure the fighters are looking forward to it too. So thank you very much for your hospitality and courtesy. And now it's onward to Fort Lauderdale. But in sports, Russell Wilson just signed a $140 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks, a four-year deal, $140 million. What is that? Quick, quick, Bruce, quick, quick, quick. That's $33.5 million, $33.3 million a year. Uh, and $65 million of that is absolutely guaranteed. The deal makes the third. I, I thought he was older. He's only 30 years old. It makes him the highest paid player in the league, moving past Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Cousins, and even Tom Brady. Good for you, Russell. Good for you. I, I, I'm all about people making money and being the best at what they do. Very, very cool. Yeah, now, no, I mean, he he's the heart of that franchise, too. I mean, I couldn't imagine oh. seeing the Seahawks take the gridiron without uh, Russell Wilson at the helm. He's got a great attitude, just a great attitude. I, I really I, I admire him. I like him yep. uh, as a player and from what I've seen uh, as a man, because I always like it both sides, as you know. Right. As you know. Right. Even, even if they're big stars, you still call them out on their BS if there's BS to be had. Hey. Nice people are nice people. Gentlemen are gentlemen. Class is class, and a-holes are a-holes. It it, it doesn't change very much. It's very obvious. That's not the case here. Stand-up guy. Okay. Now, um, Tom Brady, at his age, at his level of greatness, however long he has left to be playing, however longer he wants to play, I think is the real question or, or sentence there, he still leads NFL players now in merchandise sales. Okay, now when I say merchandise sales, we're talking the jerseys, we're talking the bobbleheads, whatever the NFL is putting out there. So basically the fans spent the most money. And by the way, Russell Wilson is not even in the top 10 of players' merchandise sales, yet he's the top paid NFL quarterback in the league. So here's how the rest of it goes down. Drew Brees, number 10, very understandable, probably has the greatest record and accomplishments of any quarterback in the NFL on his way to the Hall of Fame. Number nine, Khalil Mack. Eight, Deshaun Watson. Seven, Aaron Rodgers, totally understandable. Six, Saquon Barkley. Number five, definitely understandable, Patrick Mahomes, who I think one day, being the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, will have a Super Bowl ring. I think he's destined for Ezekiel Elliott, number four. Carson Wentz from our Philadelphia Eagles, my Philadelphia Eagles at number three. 
and Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, at number two. I'm actually surprised that Foles is not in here, but still, that's okay. Um, and I'm glad to see that these multi-multi-multi-million-dollar salaried uh, football players are making good money on their merchandise sales, as they should. But isn't Foles still the backup? <clears throat> no, Foles just signed. Oh. That's Foles signed a hundred and I think it was a hundred and thirty million dollar deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, uh, so this is his He's, first year there. It's his first year. Got it's it, a yeah. he he got a four year deal there. I think his deal actually puts him equal. I have to check. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but it actually puts him within a few million, give or take, higher or lower than Russell Wilson. So Foles is up there too. I'm amazed they didn't mention his name here. It's a it's a dynamite contract he signed. And wow. how can you how can you not take that contract? But but th- but that list is for merchandise sold, right? Uh, that was for merchandise sold. Yes. Right. No, yeah. I'm talking so just, about just because no, no, the, no, the first story, the first story I oh, talked about, got it. Uh, where they said he he leaped past Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Ryan Cousins, and Brady. They don't even have Foles in there. Foles is making the same kind of money. Wow. Well, I mean, so. th- that that kind of goes to what we're talking about. Just because you're making that kind of money doesn't mean that you're necessarily top of mind when it comes to sort of star power. And while Foles, I think, you know, is a star and, you know, being at the helm of this Jacksonville team, he'll, he'll probably get that opportunity now. But uh, he, he's got to kind of, you know, make some noise of his own all over again, uh, this time as the starter rather than, you know, the, the starter because the starter went down. Well, he's going to a team that's rebuilding still, so we'll see how much noise he can make there. But I wish him the best. I'll definitely be watching because I'm a huge fan of Foles. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago uh, that Jeopardy had a contestant who was a professional sports better named James Holzhauer, Holzhauer, and how he had won a little over 200000 at that time. Well, he still kept winning, TJ. He won his 14th, um, his 14th Jeopardy show on Tuesday – he won $118,000 in the show that aired on Tuesday. Now his total earnings on the show, he's the second person in the show's history to earn more than $1 million in one season. He's earned $1,061,554. He's still jamming. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. that's awesome. That's an amazing show that's very difficult to win. And if you're running that kind of a run, well, you deserve all the kudos and claps you possibly can, can make. Okay. You know they don't all- pay you until you're off the show? Uh, that would stand a reason because they have to. You're accumulating the winnings. I mean, right. I think that's true of any game show. You don't get the check at the end of the show. You well, get the check at the end of your reign. Yeah, but there's not many shows that actually allow you to stay like that. I mean, Jeopardy is the only one that I can really think of. I think I think Jeopardy is um, uh, to become a millionaire or whatever. I think that's a one night show. That's a one night show. Wheel of Fortune is a one night show. Wheel of Fortune used to be an ongoing thing, but uh, they limited that to one appearance. Do you know Kristen was on Wheel of Fortune? Oh, wow. No. Yeah, she she loved that. And back when she first started working with me together some 20 years ago, I phoned in a couple of contacts, and I got her an audition for the show. And and her personality, as you know her, they that's the perfect contestant, smiling and bubbly and wow. everything. They wanted her right away. The, yeah, the, she won, she won 13000 13, Vanna White's lucky that you already had her under exclusive contract because they would have replaced her with her. Nobody. <laughs> nobody gets Kristen. Kristen is my right arm forever. Yep. No way. Um, anyway, yeah, she won $13,000. No way. Ju- just missed, uh, one question would have won like 30 something, but she did great. She went, walked away with 13 grand. Good that, for her. That doesn't suck. Good for her. Okay. We've got some stories here. I'm going to tell one more story. We're getting into a couple of rough stories and, uh, some very solid news here, but this is something I found very interesting. Uh, you know, considering 420 was just five days ago, a group of nuns 
are raking in, get this, they turned their convent into an international cannabis operation, okay? They're the uh, sister, Kate Mewson, she's 60. She started the Sisters of the Valley in California's Merced County in 2011 with 12 marijuana plants, okay? Now the business is flourishing. She has a community of nuns that are working to expand their medical marijuana empire. The nuns also use their CBD products, which involves, as we talked about on the show, which includes salves and oils, treat everything with epilepsy to cancer. They claim they have so far cured eight people of addictions. Again, you have to be very careful when you make those statements. A documentary was released to mark the annual 420 cannabis celebration, you know, the April 20th celebration. And the, the documentary explored how Sister Kate and her team fought bitterly against, you know, opposition, county sheriff, black market thieves, everything. Um, and basically now they have a 100% success rate of curing people with their addictions, they claim. Uh, they basically don't have a huge complex. They work with eight people who were addicted to either alcohol, tobacco, or meth, and they all got better. Uh, they have a better success rate than Alcoholics Anonymous, but get this, TJ. They make 850,000. Now, this is an English article. They make 850,000 pounds a year growing and selling. 850,000 pounds a year growing and selling marijuana, which if you take that and turn it into dollars is over a million dollars a year. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I don't see anything at all. You have entrepreneurial nuns. Sounds like a TV show, you know, reality show. I wouldn't mind watching a reality show like that. Good for them. I wouldn't mind you uh, being an executive producer on that reality show. Well, thank you very much. There's only so many hours in the day, but given the opportunity, I'll certainly look into it. Um, is your son in the Boy Scouts like Henry and Rupert are, and they love it? They have a great time. No. I uh, I was a Boy Scout for about a year when I was a kid, but yeah, no. Well, you know, I'm not saying that this is – listen, I'm all for the Boy Scouts. I think they teach, you know, quality. They teach, they teach great values. I've seen nothing but positive things for both Henry and Rupert the trips, everything they take. I just hate to read this because it's like reading about the Catholic Church and stuff and oh, what's I going on this. there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like cringing knowing what you're about to talk about. Well, the Boy Scouts of America believe that more than 7,800 of its former leaders were involved in sexually abusing children over the course of the last 72 years, right? That's 2,800 more leaders than previously known publicly. Uh, basically, 12,000 alleged victims. Again, this is a long period of time, 44 through 2016. But again, the fact is, joking about it or not, as if jokes have been made in the past, it's happening. And it has happened. And it's just a shame to see that, considering all the good that the Boy Scouts do. But, you know, whenever you do put 10, 20 different people in a room, a certain percentage are going to be bad. A certain percentage are going to be people you don't want to socialize with. The rest will be hopefully upstanding individuals. But to be associated with the Boy Scouts, with all the good things that we see, I hate reading this, but it is fact. I hope they deal with it properly. Again, this is over the course of, you know, four or five or more decades. But the other article last week was about 200 Boy Scout leaders in, uh, I think it was New York and Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken. It was, it was just down to two states. And then they came out with this article claiming all these numbers here. Not much to comment. It's pretty obvious. It's just painful to read it, TJ. Painful to see that. I mean, I don't know anybody that is okay with an article like this. And, no. it, it, you know, not only just for Boy Scouts or anything like that, any ex extracurricular activity where, you know, uh, adults or, I mean, even kids for that matter, are going to be around your children 
in a place where you don't have your own two eyes on them, uh, you can never be sure what's going on or what isn't going on. Yeah, sorry to say that is the truth. That is the truth. Okay, uh, Coachella. You ever go to these big festivals? Coachella, uh, Burning Man. You ever go to these music festivals? I went to uh, what they had joked uh, about calling Old Cella a few years ago. It was on the same uh, Empire Polo grounds as uh, Coachella is, but it was uh, older bands. Paul McCartney played. Uh, Bob Dylan played. Uh, the Rolling Stones, um, things like that. So it wasn't the the raucous party that Coachella is, but uh, I went to that one, which is again on the same site and I've been to countless Ozfest and warp tours and stuff when I was a kid. So yeah, I'm uh, uh, I used to be a regular at these sorts of festivals. Well, just remember that the old cello, which obviously would have been the concert for me um, versus the new cello uh, that those old cello people that we saw at Ocella, they probably partied as hard, if not harder than anybody <laughs> partying at the Coachella. Uh, you know, the other one that you're talking about, you know, the younger, the younger demographic, that older demographic party pretty darn hard back in the seventies and the eighties and the sixties, wherever they're coming from and on and on. But here's the thing. There was an unwanted guest running a muck at Coachella this year. And this is according to, I never heard that this is herp alert. Herp alert's been in business for two years now with doctors issuing prescriptions to pharmacies after people submit photos. I'm sorry, I'm giggling. I, I don't mean to laugh at the situation, but I guess I did. Uh, for medical pros to review of their herpes outbreaks. The turn, turnaround time is blazing fast. It only takes two hours. As Coachella, right, during the concert, the site had a massive surge in folks seeking prescription for herpes since day one at Coachella. A whopping 1,105 cases were reported in Indio, Palm Springs, and Coachella Valley, and also L.A., Orange, and San Diego counties where most of the concert goers live, right? So Herp Alert told the reporter they typically handle 12 cases a day in Southern California, but during the first two days of Coachella, the site serviced almost 250 patients. The biggest previous spike was during Oscars weekend in 2018 where they got a small amount of 60 cases a day. So I'm confused, though. If you are exposed to the herpes virus, you don't wake up the next day with it, do you? No, usually um, the herpes virus, because we, we talked about this in a past show, and what we talked about was is it takes usually five to 14 days. Yeah, so to, like that's going to gotta be a coincidence, or it's, it's the mass amount of people from out of town that are coming in that are seeking treatment, right? Like I can't believe that. It has anything to do really with the fact that anyone was exposed at the festival and two days well, later they're seeking, you know, help. Right. I, I have to go with you on that. But just like we all know, the herpes is the gift that keeps on giving. The virus sits at and the base giving, of your spine and, and giving, giving and giving. Right. And some people could have it and they never experience an outbreak because it sits at the base of the spine. Right. It's a virus. Right. And it comes out through stress. It can come out through extreme sun contact, um, you know, in contact with the sun. Different, different things. Of course, low immune system. So let's say, for instance, that these people did come from the surrounding areas that I mentioned. They're at Coachella, but they already right. had the virus in the system. They already had right. it. Yeah. Now they're partying all night. Right. Not getting they're enough food. Not it's getting hot, enough food. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's hot. It's stressed. Not enough sleep. Maybe they're mauling it up or whatever people do with these things to have a good time, whatever the case might be. Bottom line is their system's got a little weak. They had an outbreak. They called Herp Alert or did whatever they did. So let's say that a lot of these people, maybe all these people already had the virus. The, the word is that one out of three and possibly even more do already have the virus uh, of walking people. So 
that's my guess, my uneducated well, guess. I, I read an article about um, the the phobia of herpes, and basically, apparently, like before television really got into like pharmaceutical advertising, uh, herpes was a thing that existed before that, obviously, and and people didn't really make a big deal out of it. You, something you dealt with and handled it, and then once it was on television. And people are like, ah, herpes this, herpes that. Get your medication here. Talk to your doctor about blah, blah, blah. People started to sort of, you know, uh, talk about it in a negative light. Like, right, I'm not saying that herpes isn't a big deal. If you don't have it, you shouldn't get it. But at the end of the day, like, it is something, like you said, it affects potentially one in three, one in four people. Um, you know, it's just sort of something that happens. Yeah, it's one in three or more. And... Basically, uh, again, when you have this virus, a lot of people don't know they have it. Um, people can have one outbreak and never see another outbreak for the rest of their lives. Or people can have it in their system and never see an outbreak. Or, God forbid, some people are just plagued by outbreaks. Right. And there's herpes 1 and there's herpes 2, which obviously is the 1 is the mouth and 2 is the genitalia. Yeah, so, I, I heard a, uh, or I read an article, too, or maybe it was on a radio show, where uh, a faithful husband— had an outbreak after being married for like 20 years and he swears up and down that he didn't cheat on his significant other, but never knew that he had herpes and he just, it had a flare up. But his first outbreak happened much later in life. From everything that I've read and, you know, and doing research for the show and stuff, it, it stands totally reasonable, but you know, as he said, she said, how does he prove it? Right. He's kind of screwed either way, you know, just screwed from the fact that he now has it. Right. But, Again, uh, for those of that just listen to the story, our listeners out there internationally, because this is an international situation, I'll give you some feedback on, you mentioned that the doctors paid attention, people found out about it, it's been around forever. You're absolutely correct in that. What happened was back in, I think it was 81, when uh, Magic Johnson, or was it 90, no, excuse me, AIDS. AIDS was released on the front pages of the Time, you know, the uh, Time magazine, the right. papers. Early 90s, yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, no, AIDS was back towards the end of the seventies, eighties, back when Rock no, Hudson. No, no, you're talking about Magic Johnson, though. That was no, late. that that yeah. was later. But what I'm talking about is when it first became public knowledge about oh. AIDS, when when Rock Hudson passed away from AIDS and stuff, and it was made a big thing. I'd have to do some research here, but give or take, that was around the late seventies. Okay, then or in mid seventies, whatever. The herpes virus, I'll never forget it. Um, cause I, I used to read time magazine all the time and they had the front page cover herpes. I never heard of herpes. Nobody right. ever heard of herpes. And also now it's everywhere. That was when it came out and became really an issue publicly. First it was AIDS, then it was herpes. Um, but, but that's it. Think about you know? this though. Like th there's a big gap between AIDS and herpes. You know what I mean? Like herpes. Sure. It sucks. Not going to kill you. Yeah, you can live with it. It's not going to kill you. And you shouldn't, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't, if you're with a mate or you meet a woman, as a man or, you know, uh, you meet a man as a woman, if you really like the person and that person, you know, is honest with you and tells you which you should, if you're getting involved Buff, with somebody, if you, you take it. a pill, you know, big deal. You take, you take a pill, you be honest about it. You manage it. You know, your body, it is not life threatening. It shouldn't make you not want to be friends with anybody. It's just, it just is what it is, folks. That's all I can say. I mean, and, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, Hey, go out there and get it. Don't worry about it. You know, we, you, you always have uh, the, you know, put a, put a helmet on that soldier. Put you a helmet that, on right? the soldier. Put right. a helmet on the soldier. But, I mean, put a helmet on the soldier. My goodness. Like, I, I don't know. Not a big deal. All right. Let's get away from that. And let's get into uh, another interesting thing. Since we're going on medical notes here. New Jersey will now allow terminally ill patients to end their lives. 
That's so there's now a state by state thing. So they are going to allow adults with a prognosis of six months or less to live to get a prescription for life ending medication. And then you'll have a choice as a human being uh, if you want to see out your life or if you choose due to the quality of your life, whatever your reasoning to end your life if you find that you're terminally ill. Right. I, mean, I have no problem with this. I've been talking about this forever on the yep, show. Yeah, I, I think this is something that we talked about in our first 10 episodes. We're on episode 400 now. Um, my, my belief is is this. If your quality of life sucks and it's not going to get any better and you mentally can't handle it anymore, by all means, do what you need to do. I mean, he, here's the thing that's sort of silly about this when you think about it is is you're saying, oh, people in New Jersey now have the ability to end their lives if they're terminally ill. No, everyone has that ability. It's just whether or not you can do so in a humane way and in an easy way. I mean, I can go drink a bottle of bleach right now and end my life if I need to, but I shouldn't have to do it in pain. I shouldn't have to do it in looking in a cowardly way to the, the people I leave behind. Um, if I am terminally ill and the rest of my life is going to suck and I can take some medicine that will put me at rest and end this suffering. How, who are you to get in the way of anybody's choice like that? I, I don't know. Well, a lot of people, including myself, say that, God forbid, that time ever happens. I don't want to be a burden to my family. I just want to have a, I've said this before on the show. I want to have a party. I want to hand out whatever I have to hand out, give my love to all the people that I love, and then go away and say goodbye and then go away. And I talked about the place in Switzerland. I talked about the place up north in the United States. I think it's in Washington, Oregon, that does also allow this. And you basically go out on a moon age daydream and peacefully, you know, say goodbye. Yeah, that's world. that's way better than the alternatives of a slow way, death. way better. But here's the thing. It's about your state of mind, because a lot of us will say that now. But then at that time that this happens, do you have your wits about you? to be able to make that decision yourself. But so, if, if you're in a situation where you don't have your wits about you and it's because of a chronic illness, that's that's a pretty good indication yes. that your life sucks and it, it you want out. You know what I mean? That, I, I don't know. I, just Again, you, you mentioned the word terminal. That's the big key thing here. Terminal illness means it cannot be cured. You're not going to outlive. I mean, you may outlive the prognosis if someone gives you you know, six months or a couple of years. Like, for example, my father was given five years to live after a liver transplant. He lived 15. So he tripled his prognosis, but he was still terminally ill. His doctors said, you're going to die from this. And he, there was nothing anybody could do about it. Yeah. And this law also requires either psychiatrist, psychologist has to determine the patient has the mental capacity to make the decision. I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with that too. The prescription is a series of self-administered pills that can be taken at home. But if, the, if, the, if they don't have that capacity, and it doesn't say here, but their nearest relative and guardian should have the ability to make that decision, but then you've got a situation where right. you're the one deciding for somebody, well, that's going to be tough. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and that's the same sort of situation we have now with, you know, DNRs, the, the do not resuscitate and things like that. Um, you know, if, if you are someone that lives in an area where you get to decide this, if you're in New Jersey, uh, you might want to put that on you know, a living will or, or something like that to let everyone know what your, uh, you know, final choices are in life. But my big thing is this, and this is the one concern that I have about uh, self-administered, um, I guess, assisted suicide, if you will. Uh, medicine that comes in capsule form that can kill someone relatively easily, I don't know if that should be in the hands of the general public. 
I understand that if you're going to end your life in, in that manner, um, you, you want to do it a certain way. You probably either want to be with your loved ones during that moment or you don't. Uh, but I, I would feel much better if there was, uh, I don't know what you would say, what the word would be, a technician that comes out and administers the medication. The idea that you would go to a pharmacy or the, this medication would just be given to the general public uh, that concerns me a little bit because, as we all know, human beings sometimes do really, really terrible things. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see how this pans out because obviously it's a state-by-state basis. But I definitely think the rule is needed. And um, what can I say? There's only, again, on these stories, there's only so much you can say. What can I say? But I'm going to go into something else here. Okay, TJ, I'm going to go through some foods. Okay, these are common UFC. UFC, listen to me. But how's that for Pavlovian? There you go. I say U.S. It just came out UFC. Common U.S. foods that are banned in other countries. Banned. All right, let's banned, see. Them. Banned, completely banned. You're not allowed to have them, okay? Right. And uh, and they're, you know, because the additives and everything else. Right. So let me go down. Let me go down this and keep track of how many you enjoy and I will too, and then I'll tell you I'll we'll tell you as we go along. First off, Pillsbury crescent rolls. TJ, we just had the, uh, Easter dinner I got home in time for for Sunday. Right. And my friend was going to make uh, some fresh bread and everything, but we decided because we all love Pillsbury crescent rolls. So basically, they're very easy to make, but their ingredients, they contain the artificial colors, yellow five, red 40, and they are restricted in Europe and illegal in Norway and Austria. Next up, do you, do you like, just say yes or no as we go on. Yes or no, Pillsbury crescent rolls, do you eat them? Uh, no. Okay, me yes. Little Debbie Swiss rolls. I don't know if you know what those are. I do. Sunki- do you eat those? No. Me no. Uh, Sunkiss soda. No. Okay, me no either. Pillsbury pie crust to make pies. No. Lucky Charm cereal. No. Gatorade. Uh, yes. I have, I'm going to put yes because I have had it. I do not, as a rule, I've drunk it twice in the last year, but that means I've, I've done it. Right. High fructose corn syrup. Of course. I mean, there's high fructose corn syrup in almost everything that is prepackaged that has corn in it. Um, you eat Frosted Flakes, high fructose corn syrup in that. You have any regular soda, high fructose corn syrup in that. Right. Um, well, yeah, that, that's, that one's a hard one to avoid in this country. Yeah, it's not banned specifically in a country, but the UK and some European countries are restricting the products and placing it under quota limitations, so, right. which I think actually happens here a little bit, too. Okay, this one I'm, I'm going to get a guess for you that you have. Pop-Tarts. Uh, I haven't had Pop-Tarts since I was much younger. All right. Banned because of Yellow 5, Yellow 6, and Red 40. Uh, and they're still deemed well, domestically. It, what's funny about that is we're just talking about I, I the have color. To say, I have to say yes to that because the boys have had Pop-Tarts and I've eaten them. So I'm but, three for three out of these. But already. the food coloring, that that's what's interesting about it. Like, for whatever reason, in America especially, we we need food to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if they get rid of the—I mean, Pop-Tarts are not healthy. Okay, I'm not breaking news here. But if if the Pop-Tart is healthier because— the strawberry jelly inside is more gray than it is red. Then l- let's start serving gray pop tarts. Okay, like I don't, I don't need my brain. Like it, I can't see it in my stomach. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know. No, I'm with you on that. Next one, you're going to say the same thing about too, and I'm going to have to say yes to this also because I ate. Uh, the boys were here having a party when I was gone to a show, and there was drumstick frozen ice cream oh, cones. Oh yeah. I mean, the freezer, I, Rupert came in the next day cause there were two left and they were gone. Yeah. I tried to keep it to one and no. I just, I was, 
they were gone. You can't. So, they're, they're too accessible, Bruce. You get yep. that craving and you grab it and it's in your mouth immediately. Like that's the worst type of food. At least have you know junk food that takes some preparation because if you have to prepare it, like you're talking about those Pillsbury crusts, like the croissants, like or crescent rolls, like at least you have to bake those. A drumstick, I could have eaten two since I started this diatribe. Oh, I, exactly. And the reason for them is they contain the, the carrageenan gum for texture in the ice cream. But that additive is derived from seaweed and it has an effect on the human digestive system. You see system. what we're doing, though, again? Like everything here is like a sensory additive. It's either yeah. sight or texture. It's like, what, what about the taste and smell? Well, they, they do this to give them taste and smell. They well, there's don't. no smell. Then there's, there's no, no taste or smell in anything that you've described thus far. I, it's I either gonna... pre- preservative or, well, high fructose corn syrup is a little bit more of the molecular, like, you know, basis of the food. But uh, everything else has been, you know, dye or texture based. You're right. You're right. Now, that's what I was about to correct myself. No, there is none, especially in this next one. Raspberry Jello. No, uh, that's on the ban list. Now we get to what you just said. Frosted Flakes, Honey Bunches of Oats, yeah. and Rice Krispies. All banned because they have a BHT in them, which is a flavor enhancer. Okay. And it's been long studied to be a carcinogenic property. Hey, at least that is adding or you know doing something to the flavor. That's the first thing that we've talked about that actually uh, gives the sort of uh, right. taste identity to the product. And the next one will too. And I used to love these. I could eat a whole bag of them. Ritz Crackers. Nabisco's Ritz crackers, the leading cracker in the United States. It contains partially hydrogenated cottonseed oil, which, as we know, is a trans fat. And that is banned domestically and in many other countries is banned in Switzerland, Austria, Hungary, Iceland, Norway and Denmark. No way. Now, this one I'm very familiar with. Whenever I go to a restaurant, my favorite fish is salmon. And I ask specifically, is it farm raised or wild salmon they're serving? Farm raised salmon, definitely on the list. Stay away from it. Don't eat it. I'm sorry to say it's got too much crap in it. Okay. Hey, I'm that's bad. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I don't. I don't touch a lot of these foods. Good. Banned in Australia, New Zealand. Now, genetically engineered papaya. Uh, just the fact it says genetically engineered, I can understand. Yeah, but everything, bread, almost everything that we've talked about, Bruce, on this list is genetically engineered. Yes, it is. And then they have bread tainted with potassium bromate. Um, that is okay. The type of breads that would contain that are like bagel chips, rolls. And even breadcrumbs. Okay, those are being banned too. Last, oh, not last. Meat with ractopamine. Ractopamine. If you can't say it, we shouldn't be eating it. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, It's basically to give lean muscle growth in livestock. So it's like an Uh, antibiotic. It's something that's given to these uh, animals while they're developing. They ban the use of the drug in 160 nations everywhere, except for the United States, of course. Of course. Okay, next up. Wheat thins, yeah. I just ate a box of those the other week. God See, I, I would think wheat thins are healthy. Yeah, but you know when you eat them and you bite into them, they have this aftertaste of so many things going over my tongue. You don't know. But again, we get back to the BHT. Right. Uh, it's it's the BHT. Now, the next one, Betty Crocker fudge brownie mix. Not an issue for me. Uh, ooh, Farmer John pork sausage links. Uh, no, I don't. BHT I don't. again. Fresca? Nope. Chicken that's been chlorinated. Tostitos con queso deep. Nope. Oh, Skittles. Ah, damn it. I had a a little pouch of fun size Skittles last night. There you go. There you go. Count your days, bro. Count your days. Damn it. Pillsbury biscuits, stovetop stuffing. Oh, man. I love me some stovetop stuffing. Arby's sourdough breakfast bread croissant and French toast sticks. Banned. Uh. Oh, I know you're going to get Mountain Dew. 
Mountain Dew. I don't drink Mountain Dew, buff. Oh, I thought you used to love soda. I drink okay. Diet Mountain Dew. It's still Mountain Dew. Diet's yeah, worse. Diet no. sodas are horrible. I know, I know. Horrible. Uh, horrible. Well, the real bad thing in, in the Diet Mountain Dew that I like, it has brominated vegetable oil. I don't know what that means. I don't know what brominated means, and I don't know why vegetable oil is in my uh, soda, but I don't know. Let's get a third opinion. Hey, Charles Barkley, what do you think? Terrible. Terrible. That's yeah, terrible. Terrible. Okay. All right. There you go, folks. Have a nice lunch. Have a nice dinner. Let's go into some collectibles. Um, $12 million in bogus Super Bowl and World Series rings, right, were seen. Remember what I said? Bogus. $12 million worth of fake championship and team rings that were on the market for sale. Uh, they just seized the Customs and Border Protection officials just seized 177 counterfeit pieces. They found nearly 200 fake rings during an inspection of a shipment from China, of course, China to the U.S. Not saying anything bad about China, but we know they 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 make off products of almost everything. That And the, the fake bling included the recent Philadelphia Eagles and New England Patriots Super Bowl rings, the New York Yankee World Series rings, and much more. This is a criminal thing. They, they saved consumers $11.7 million with this seizure because many people would have innocently bought those. That's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, uh, a lot of people do really nefarious things to make a buck. It's crazy. Barry Bonds, home run record ball. It hit the auction block. Uh, they expect the ball. This was the home run number 762 he hit on September 5th in 2007, right? Uh, basically, the ball did sell back in 2008 for 376000 It's now on the auction block. They expect it's going to reach 750000 or in other words, three quarters of a million dollars. Well, I wow. guess I guess PEDs uh, haven't uh, been a factor in the value of that ball. No, it's a collectible PED product. They that, should put that on the uh, on the rating. Yeah, brought to you by Nandrolone or whatever. <laughs> whatever it was. Ty Cobb, another great baseball player. Extremely rare baseball card. 1915 Cracker Jack card. It's 100 years old, and it just sold for $504,000. Now, it's crazy. You know, Brian and I are very big in the collecting of all this stuff. Not to this level. I don't have any half-million-dollar items. I have some very expensive stuff. As he has a phenomenal amount of stuff. But Brian just sold a... Wax pack, unopened. I think it was uh, 1958, uh, rate, or 55, rated 10. He paid $600 for it, and he sold it for $3,800. And TJ, he only spent that $600 for it three years ago. Wow. That's $3,200 profit on a $600 investment in three years, TJ. Damn. Crazy. John F. Kennedy's last autograph, he signed two hours before he was assassinated is now hitting the auction block. The opening bid is 25000 They expect it will sell for $100,000. They have video proof everything that this was the last autograph he ever signed before he tragically was assassinated uh, back in the 60s, uh, back in 1963. I still remember. You know how you have the things you remember where you were? I mean, I was a six-year-old kid, and I still remember watching the funeral procession with my father, you know, on TV, wow. as, as every American at that time when we had three channels and not social media and 8,000 cable stations, not putting that down. I'm just saying back then, everybody was glued to that funeral. Oh, yeah. You know, and everybody. I mean, if something like that happened now, even with all the cable stations, there'd still only be one thing on television. Exactly. Here's a couple of feel-good stories. The second largest lottery Powerball winner, okay, is a 24-year-old Manuel Franco from West Dallas, Wisconsin. He stepped forward to claim the prize. 
And all I can say is good luck, buddy. Seven hundred and sixty-eight million after tax has got to be at least four hundred million in his pocket. Um, good for him. Let's see what he does with a good-looking guy. Obviously doing well for himself. He has got in this picture I'm looking at. He has a smile a mile wide, and I think it's pretty understandable. I mean, my only advice to that man: don't kill yourself. And by that, I mean don't you know fall victim to the life of excess and temptation that so many lottery winners uh, who win far less than this man has uh, succumb to because, uh, I mean, there's a show, I think it's on, uh, I don't know what channel it's on, but it's like how the lottery affected my life. And it very rarely is it a feel good story. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, he's 24. That spells it right there. So let's hope he can't even rent a car yet. Buff 24. Yeah. 24. You can you rent can't. a car at 24. 25 is when you can rent a car. Are you serious? 100%. So I get in an accident at 21. I'm driving something, whatever. I can't go rent a car. You win a UFC title like John Jones did before he was 25 years old. He couldn't rent a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, considering the way he drove after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It set me up for that one. Wow. I didn't know that. It's interesting. Okay. Last note of uh, news stories here. A 10-year-old girl, okay, just won a national handwriting competition, and she writes in that beautiful cursive print. You know that gorgeous print? What are you, what are you talking about? They, they don't teach that in school anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's what she wrote in. She's 10 years old. But here's the kicker, TJ. Here's the kicker. She doesn't have, She was born without hands, TJ. What? She was born without hands. She's a very independent girl. She took great pride in herself. She wanted to prove that she could complete tasks as well as anybody else or better. And she went on to win the 2019 Zaner Blozer National Handwriting Contest, writing in cursive, beautiful print with no hands. She puts her arms together, you know, on the end where her hands are and holds the pen and moves the pen with both wow. arms. This is a great I, story. Don't get me wrong when I say this. I'm, 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 that's awesome. I'm happy you shared this story. But now don't I feel like a complete loser when I write something, uh, you know, to my wife on a card or a note and she can't read it like I'm I'm perfectly able-bodied over here and people can't read my handwriting and this this you know icon of a person without you know hands is uh outshining not only me but I, I would say probably 80 percent of people in this country with handwriting well I, I can I can appreciate and understand that and as far as she is concerned this this wonderful young girl and again her name is Sarah Hinnesley okay mm -hmm. if I said that correct um, her mother says she's very independent and she likes to create art. She rides her bike. She reads. She swims. Um, they were looking to get, pro get prosthetic hands for her, but ultimately she decided that she does fine without them. So, again, this is another young individual. There's a couple other we talked about in the show that I would actually like to look in two years, three years and see what she's doing because I admire this and I think this is a beautiful thing. And congratulations to you on your win, Sarah. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's hey, go, just huge. Go show you no matter what, you can accomplish anything, no matter what. No doubt. a chance to do it. Just take the shot. Just take the shot and give it your best shot like we talked about it this time. I mean, some things are incapable of happening. Yes. Like, I'm yes. not going to beat LeBron James in an NBA game, you know, but uh, things like this, if someone says you can't do something and time is on your side and – you know, the, the power of mindset is on your side. You can pretty much accomplish uh, everything that you want to. Yeah. And, and to our listeners out there with uh, young kids, you know, let's say from six and up, 
I would actually let them read this. I'm gonna. I'm, I want Henry and Rupert to read this. I think it's very important that they see people less, you know, less privileged, and they are physically accomplishing wonderful things. Yeah. And that, you know, I just think it's wonderful. I mean, that that's that. You know what this is? It's not even uh, about the the idea that you can accomplish anything. It's the idea that really every excuse in your life, what's preventing you from accomplishing something, doing something, get out of here with that. You have you know, hands, okay. Ladies exactly. and gentlemen, most of our listeners are able-bodied, and you know the ones that aren't will probably tell you how they've overcome adversity in life. Everything that is in your way in life, Buff, you know better than anybody. You can power through it, and you know the sky's the limit. There are no problems. There are only solutions. The John Lennon line. I live by that. Believe it. Live every day by that. At the same time, look in the mirror when you're in the morning. Look in that mirror and be honest with yourself. Always be honest with yourself and believe in yourself because it all starts within yourself to achieve, to achieve success, to achieve love for another human being, to like another human being. You need to like and you need to have love for yourself. So be the best you can be. And again, we talk about it all the time and it's time and I'll sign off as usual with that. And before I go, I want to thank everybody again. We had another record month with the videos and the voiceovers coming in, not just through the website at brucebuffer.com. Uh, the other ones that I do at cameo.com on the cameo app where I do those casually dressed and uh, we hit a record number of sales on that last month and this month too. So please keep sending your requests into brucebuffer.com. I did uh, our miss for this week. It was fun. Did a bunch of weddings, uh, two baby births. And now I'm getting commercial. I did a uh, business video for social media for a, a 12 round fitness gym in Sydney, Australia. They'll start playing that amongst others. So sky's the limit, folks. If you have something I can be of service and enhancement to you, just write us in at brucebuffer.com and give details on what your request is. And then Kristen will handle it, get back to you with info, information, and fees to make that happen. Whether it's a dream, whether it's commercial, whether it's to help your business, or whether it's to light up your life and introduce you like a champion in the octagon or in the cage, I'm there for you. With that note, TJ, have a great week. I'll be back next week before I head off to Ottawa. And I want you to have a great week. I want everybody out there to have a great week. TJ, any last notes for our audience? No, that's it, man. Uh, safe travels out to Florida, back to Vegas uh, for you for that special event. And... Uh... You know, everywhere else uh, your travels may take you, Buff. I'm always thinking about you, and I always look up because I think you're probably 35,000 feet up in the air. <laughs> Thanks, TJ. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Happy 400 or 401 show. We'll be back next week with 402 or 401, whatever the tally comes out to. But guaranteed, we will be back. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Treat everybody around you with respect. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Be the best you can be. Set your goals. Write them down and learn about them. So when you set on that path, it's all about being the best you can be and doing the best job you can to become the best at what you do because then you're winning. I don't care if you're being a waiter, an actor, a CEO, or a Lyft driver. The bottom line is, if that's your choice, God bless you, all the best to you, and do the best you can. Thanks very much for tuning in. Buffer out. It's time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. 
To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams.